Hello. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Evolving Us. Welcome. I'm Julia. I'm Ashley, and this is episode 10. Mm. These just be flying by. I can't believe it. Yeah. Man, I feel like just yesterday we started having these conversations, recorded conversations. <laughs> Let's insert the detail, recorded. <laughs> because these conversations have been taking place for a while, and... I think when they take place between episodes, I'm like, God, because <laughs> I really want us to record everything. Yeah. It's so funny because every time someone in the community listens to an episode and they give feedback, I'm always so excited. And then we end up having further conversations and I'm like, if you only knew, I wish like Ashley and I had someone recording our life because... We literally have so many of these conversations all the time. This is why we friends, best friends, <laughs> <Yes>. works. <laughs> okay, today. 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 We are talking about <laughs> difficult conversations. And that is a hot topic. Hooey. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I actually get this question, I think, a lot when I'm leading lectures and programs and trainings and workshops and... Uh, Jules and I talk about this a lot, obviously, because we consult each other as best friends. Like, how do I handle this right now? Um, and it's uh, it's something that I think, obviously, as all these topics we discuss, could be helpful to have more guidance on because we're not always taught how, of course, to navigate our emotions and show up in situations that we might feel fear or scarcity in. Um but I do think that having difficult conversations is like a muscle that you can build. And the more you do it in small ways and overcome the feelings you have about approaching a conversation that might make you feel scared or worried, the better you get at doing it. And the more brave you become at being able to voice your feelings or approach situations that might otherwise feel like sticky or um, scary or red tape, because truthfully, no one can avoid these conversations. And in life, we're always going to be presented with situations that might make us feel uncomfortable or uneasy. And I think the natural inclination is for people to withdraw or to avoid these types of conversations. And as we know, what happens is when that takes place, other things start to build and then underlying feelings start to fester and then relationships start to get tainted or... Um, the wires get crossed and there's then then something small starts to become something big. Yeah, and I love that you said that because I actually think that within my field there's like so many trainings that come up and I get so many emails like, oh come come, you know, listen to this specific topic. And it's like difficult conversations specifically in my field are very common. What field? Within HR. Yes. Um and so Thank you for specifying. Yeah. Um, Just saying the world doesn't know everything you do yet, <laughs> but I also want to emphasize, you've been saying lately a lot in our community, do people not know that I do recruiting in HR? Right. Should, I, I think, yeah. So you do right. HR and that's the freaking breeding ground of difficult conversations. Right. And actually I'm within recruiting. So I think there's less difficult conversations within recruiting, but since recruiting is an element of HR, HR is known to be the difficult conversation hub of a company, for example, right? And so what I actually have been thinking about a lot lately is that, yes, in my day-to-day job, there's a lot of different difficult conversations, but I actually was thinking about this as I was coming to your house, that there's a lot of difficult conversations that we navigate, whether they're like small or big, but what do I we identify as being a difficult conversation? And it's something that, you know, rubs like sandpaper more than any other conversation. And it doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, have to be something that we have strong discord towards. I just think that we have a lot of difficult conversations. We are very resilient as humans and we frame things to be more complicated than they are most of the time and so well that's the energy around it because sometimes we're not even aware that we're framing it as a difficult conversation creating resistance from the inside and then avoiding the conversation altogether we're just like "Eh." yeah I have every excuse not to bring that up yeah yes 
Yes. <laughs> but the reality yes. is the reality is is that this happens multiple times a day. It's just <clears throat> what emotion are you associating with the conversation? That's what makes it difficult, right? For sure. And I try to go freaking head in on those and and same. <laughs> same. Man, but it's not always easy or fun, obviously. Um but I think the, the the faster you just get to it, the faster you get through it. Yeah. You feel me? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So let's jump in um, and we'll define what is a difficult conversation. And obviously this is a subjective conversation because every single person has a different idea of what a difficult conversation is. Like, for example, maybe... Uh, Asking some, like you and I asking each other for what we need usually is not like a difficult conversation, but someone that isn't really well-versed or maybe struggles with a lot of unworthiness or they're not used to asking for their needs, that might be a difficult conversation, for example. So a difficult conversation for someone who is maybe just starting out at the workplace and they've worked their butt off, you know, for a year, two years, and they've had a really low salary, but they feel like they've, you know, grown and they want to have a conversation with their boss, but asking for a promotion or more money might be a really difficult conversation. Whereas someone who's been, you know, knows their value, they're really confident in the workplace and they're very articulate in, uh, their expertise. Maybe that conversation, it's like a no brainer because you're like, this is absolutely going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, like I have so many other options and places I can take my value. So difficult conversations, again, I want to preframe that is very subjective. So it's not always, uh, it's not, the same thing will not always be easy for two different people uh, or difficult for two different people. But here's a good, uh, here's a good way to indicate that this is a difficult conversation for anyone in any experience. Any conversation that you resist is definitely, can be defined as difficult. Yeah. So resistance, when you're feeling yourself push against or any difficulty in wanting to bring something up. And then any conversation you may be avoiding. So if you actually don't want to do something, that means it's difficult for you, right? Like, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to bring it up. It's Uh, fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. If I just let it pass, it's just... Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then a subject that is on the line or a topic that is usually controversial Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, so maybe a topic that you think will bring up discord or disagreement, you know? Like in society today, there's a lot of stuff that oh my God. comes up. We're, we're not going to go there right now. But <laughs> if you think of anything that societally doesn't feel safe, right? Like For sure, controversial. And, and it's really, a lot of people don't know how to agree to disagree mm-hmm. right now. Right. So why would you want to bring up a difficult conversation in that manner? Right, because that's very risky. <laughs> yeah. Cancel culture. You're yeah. out. You're done. Bye. Oy vey. Oy vey. Um, Something that you think will not land well. Right. So knowing your audience being like, I don't want to talk about this because I know if I talk about this with this person, they'll be defensive, angry, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. And then something that brings forward vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable is, Difficult. I don't want to say it's hard, but it doesn't come easy for most people people it's something it's a muscle you do have to exercise right so we talked about that last week on our podcast around vulnerability and and I do think the two go hand in hand because sometimes what's required in a difficult conversation is for you to be vulnerable share what you're feeling etc etc so that can create a little bit of a little bit of sandpaper yeah yeah um, and there's, you know, a broad spectrum of other things that could be difficult, but those are the main examples that we wanted to present to you so that, um, you start to get the wheels turning upstairs around, wow, I didn't realize that me resisting something or avoiding something also could potentially mean this is a difficult conversation. Um, so let's talk examples, uh, practical examples. Um, I think in the workplace, obviously there are a lot of difficult conversations and, Let's start with many branches, but let's start with like feedback. Mm. Giving and receiving feedback is a difficult conversation because you're, it's, it's a touchy subject because telling someone what they can do differently a lot of times is interpreting, is interpreted telling someone that they're not good enough as they are. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting perspective to me too, because I feel like I have numerous difficult conversations at work multiple times a day. And to me, what that means is whether it's 
a negotiation with a candidate or internally trying to give my feedback in order to move something through that is my area of expertise, but I have to basically go in and sell my idea and convince people to, uh, you know, to implement this process because, hey, I was brought in as a subject matter expert to do recruiting and this is how we should strategically approach this element. Um, I'm constantly asking for feedback in those situations, right? And it's not easy because I get shut down probably more times than I do um, get accepted and be like, oh yeah, great, like let's move forward. Like before Mm -hmm. you can actually get uh, your idea accepted and move forward with what you're trying to propose, it takes a while. So you also have to have a lot of resilience in a difficult conversation, not to be right, but I think to get across your point in order to have a common ground. Well, yeah, it's like you got to have thick skin because like what you drop is not always what's going to be valued or taken into consideration as the best option. So yeah, I mean, feedback in the workplace in general is, is I would say, border difficult conversation unless you have worked a lot through this and, and retrained yourself, reframed yourself. This takes a lot of work is to hear difficult feedback or hear feedback that is about you or give feedback without hurting someone's feelings. Like that is a difficult conversation in the workplace for sure. Um, obviously negotiating raises, promotions, things like that. An offer just to like get a job. Yeah, an offer just to get a job. Goes like all... back and forth, back and forth. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of like people want to stand their ground. Like the company wants this or there's this budget. And then the person is like, well, I know my, my, like I, the market right now is so insane, right? So it's like people like really know it's an employee's market, not an employer's market. So it's like people know that. And mm-hmm. so you're battling with, we really want the person to join. The person really wants their job. But what's it, how much back and forth are we going to do this dance in order to come to an agreement? But that, that formula that I just, just said about the dance and then coming to an agreement, that's a very common, difficult conversation formula that comes up not just in the workplace, it's in many aspects of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. A lot, a lot going on over there. And even in the workplace of like, hey, your performance is not where it used to be, or hey, it's, you know, I need you to step it up here. Like that's... Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I would hope that... Well, that's a whole big loaded subject for me. <laughs> Just because I think that there's a new wave of compassion and empathy with how, um, not companies per se, but obviously managers are a representation of the company, but how performance management is conducted in a company. And there's a lot of compassion. So my point in that is hopefully there's people don't get caught off guard because they're having one-on-ones and they have constant touch points. Obviously, it depends how large the organization is and how big of a team you're a part of. But hopefully people aren't caught off guard with like, hey, by the way, I've told you this multiple times. And did you know that actually you're not performing at the level that you were or that you should be at? Um, Hopefully that doesn't come to surprise to people. And if it and if you're someone that you're listening to this right now and you're like, well, I just encountered that situation. I mean, I would challenge you to really think about the leadership. Sur- yeah. And or is it really a surprise? Mm-hmm. Because I think we also <laughs> resist the feedback and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I had this one on one with my manager. Oh, like, you know, I, I give my point And then in return, my my boss, my manager, whatever, the person I report to gave me some difficult feedback. Like, let's say it wasn't a easy conversation but you don't it doesn't register to you that that uh that feedback is actually something you should be working on it's just something, a place to grow uh, yeah because whatever you may not receive it you <clears throat> may not agree dude you, this is like not even workplace this is everywhere yeah this is everything yeah when someone gives you feedback it's so easy to look at that feedback and say oh wow that's like your shit or i disagree so i'm not going to do that yeah yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I actually, I... And then you do it and you do it and you do it. If you, don't, if you don't implement feedback, obviously make sure the feedback is coming from a source that really uh, has your best interest at heart. 
But if someone's genuinely giving you feedback in a way that you can grow and you don't implement it over and over and over again, the relationship will rupture, whether it's work, relationship, friendship, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But we're resistant to difficult conversations. So a lot of times feedback, we already have our walls up. Okay. So actually let's talk about like feedback. What is feedback? That's giving someone. I want a whole episode on that. Okay. So should I not talk about? You can talk about it. (laughs) I'm just saying we need more. We need so much on that. That's like the biggest topic ever. It's so funny, you know, in a meeting, uh, I forget one, it was years ago, but one of my bosses was like, feedback is my favorite F word. And I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And it's like, um, feedback is like the core of where everything else comes from. And it's like, how receptive are you to what's going on? How receptive are you to what this person Take away the environment, work, personal, spouse, family, insert here. Like, take out the component. But it's like, if you're not actually listening, and this actually goes back to, we should be listening more than we're talking. Yes. Yes. So if you're not actually listening to this interaction and receiving, how can you receive what this information is? So how can you receive feedback if you're not? actually willing to, you know, listen to what other people are saying. And I think it's because people see the word feedback as criticism. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so once you reframe... And it is a buzzword. It's like, oh, feedback. Sure. Oh, my God, let me give you some feedback right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's something that we do need to kind of work through because it doesn't have to be a difficult conversation, just like we opened this episode with talking about how any difficult conversation or any time we're trying to make all of this easier it doesn't become easier because you pad up your life with people that don't tell you feedback it becomes easier because you do it more often and you work that muscle and you get better at it and hopefully that means you're in return working on yourself and therefore the things that you're getting feedback on hopefully aren't always the same things right and the the like the external environment that you're you're living within and you're growing within you're starting to come up against new and different challenges that allow you to evolve with the natural flow of life anyway, which Mm. is change. Um, Okay, so that was work example. Let's also talk like we don't have to go deep into it yet, but, um, you know, partnership, obviously uh, difficult conversations I think come up in partnership. And and I want to say that one of the reasons why is because our relationships are our mirrors but our intimate relationships are like mirrors into our wounds, our trauma, our triggers. All of them are, right? But intimate partnership is such a different beast. Yeah. Like there is so much exposing that happens in those relationships. And so a lot of us are not super skilled at dictating when the wall should and shouldn't go up. And I don't think the wall should always be down in intimate partnership, honestly. Yeah, and I also think in intimate partnership, which it's a very close relationship, right? You also, there's also a couple things that I think contribute to establishing a boundary and knowing when a difficult conversation can be done with grace is also the fact that you have comfort in this person uh, and also there's a certain um, dynamic that plays out that you're used to. So mm-hmm. like cycles, um, I would say more so, yes, cycles go within that, but also there's like you and I have this relationship. We know that like when things come up in this manner on this topic, this is how we act or react. But actually that's a very limiting way to look at something because things are never repeated in the same way, right? Because even if the same, you know, let's call it problem comes up, you don't know where that person's state is. You don't know how much that person has evolved since you've encountered the same problem. So it's actually, I think we innately feel comfort in knowing how things have played out in the past, right? Mm. And so we create stories around when I talk to, I'm going to just use my husband's name, when I talk to David about whatever, X, um, this is how he acted in the past. Therefore, I'm talking a bit to him about X again. Your and, expectation. And therefore, yeah. my expectation of how he's going to react or receive what I'm 
bringing up is going to be the same when actually that is a story I've created to create comfort with myself within how things play out with us. And to not have a difficult conversation as a result of that, you buffer yourself. Yes. Yeah, totally. And so I also want to talk to those of you that might not be in an intimate relationship now because dating requires a lot of difficult conversations, especially dating seriously with the intention to build potential relationship. So, And I don't think this is just dating. I think intimate partnership also goes with just like the closest relationships you may have. Yeah, it's true. It's anywhere that you're being seen deeply in not just the version of you that you're presenting, but like the real 360 degree version of you that encompasses your darkness and your light and everything in between. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about dating too, because I, I find that what I hear from a lot of our single people in our community and, and, you know, through the grapevine is just that dating is difficult in LA or whatever people get ghosted or there's a lot of interesting conversations. Like I've seen this really hilarious meme floating around. That's like, what's the best first date question? And the response is, um, does anyone else think that they're in a relationship with you? Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's really crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, damn, you know, but considering that there's a lot of protection and walls, I think that go into dating too, because you're, you're sort of like, testing someone of like if they're good enough to explore a deeper relationship and get to know them and there's so many like tiptoeing of like you're observing their every move and you know trying to make sure that it works and well and you're also trying to present an ideal state of yourself in order to be like pick me pick me yeah totally it's it's man i'm so happy (laughs) i don't have to date i know (laughs) oh yeah you're talking about this and i'm like okay try to envision yourself in that situation no no no, the last time i dated was a very long time yeah, ago. Yeah, like freaking... <laughs> like 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that also requires difficult conversations. And actually, like before Chad and I met, I remember freaking guys out hardcore by having these difficult conversations up front. And a lot of them like were like, nope, this isn't going to work. And I'm like, cool, like that's awesome because it really filters out the bullshit. And in fact... Chad and I had a really funny, difficult conversation in the beginning, and it wasn't really a conversation. It was like a series of events. It was like a drunk text of like, I never want to see you again because you're not giving me what I need. And then it was like, okay, yeah, 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 you know, and then, um, oh, I miss you. But then it was like, what it came down to was a conversation of you and I, you're coming over and we're like making out. We're not like spending time actually getting to know each other. This is not really what I want with you. Um if you would like to pursue a relationship, this is how I want it to go. And he booked a table and took me out and, you know, it it worked. The rest is history. Um, The rest is history. But I had to get really okay with being connected to my needs in that context and saying, this is what I need at risk of him shutting down or saying, whoa, this is too much, too fast, like all these things. Um, But I think in the dating world, it's really important that we are really clear and concise about what we want. And sometimes that takes vulnerability. It takes sharing like, hey, I'm really enjoying getting to know you. I just want you to know that I don't really like wasting my time. And I'm getting to know you with the intention of learning if this could be a possibility to move forward. There's no pressure. Like, you're not the one. We don't have to get married. But I just need you to know how I feel so that you know that this is the context of our relationship. And if this doesn't work for you, that's okay. Things like that, you know, and that can be scary and hard to lay out uh, kind of the trajectory of where you want to go with someone, um, especially so early on. Feelings are scary. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think when you were when you were portraying that, I w- it just made me think that any new interaction and any new relationship that is building, it's... Um, it's really scary, right? Because you you don't feel comfortable enough to to really be that vulnerable because you're trying to be, I think, polite, you know, with like the other persons. You're trying to be considerate. Like, how much of myself can you take <laughs> for you to come back? And it's not just about it's not just about partnership. I think Dude, it's even friendship too. Like when everything, you meet new work, friends, everything. Yeah. You're a new employee. Like, is this going to work out? Like, I'm just on my best behavior, you know. Yeah. But it's like it's in everything. Friendship too. I couldn't agree more. Like, 
you know, like, hey, this is how weird I am. Can we be friends still? <laughs> you know, and it's like, yes. is that your love language? Because it's mine. But oh, it's man. like, yeah, I mean, and these are difficult conversations because we haven't encountered this interaction with these specific people in these contexts before. So that's why I think like, you know, in hearing a lot of gals in the community talk about dating and just like their stories and experiences with the apps and just everything that is present for people in society now with what dating looks like. Um, it's, it's because you're trying to establish a new interaction and you're also trying to figure out the other person. And that's, I mean, it's scary. It is scary and it does require a lot of honesty because I think the need to be a certain way versus the ability to be yourself is really what makes or breaks the chance to get to that next level. Um, I read this other thing too that said uh, the best place you could go for like when you're first dating is like run errands together. Because you could see, like, a motherfucker in traffic. You could see, like, like how they act at the grocery store and shit. Like, what they buy. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, when you said it requires a lot of honesty, I think it also requires a lot of clarity. Clarity mm. within yourself of who you are. Let's face it, a lot of people, let's start there. Like, are you clear on who you are and what you want? And then the next thing is, are you clear on what you want like what's your value what how do you you know portray that so I I just got a funny image in my head of someone just sitting down on their like first date and they're like okay so this is my name and this is what I want and like you know and it's not about like I want a house with three kids it's not that it's about this is my value system (laughs) you know like can you imagine if people talk like that (laughs) I think some people do I think it's just like how deep are you willing to go? I just think that it's more rare. Yeah, for sure. So uh, difficult conversations. I mean, what we just covered is lots of different examples and different types of relationships in which they're they're held. Um, they can also be, for example, with family members. Um, and I think that is also brings back this topic that you said around expecting people to show up in a certain way when you have a different difficult conversation. Um approaching you know like I I had a difficult conversation with my my sister-in-law I was just thinking about this um that was really hard for me to even bring up and I'll go into it a little so you guys can get the context but basically like I wanted to start just including her more in the community and she showed a lot of interest of being around and just getting to know people and making new friends so I'm like great come be a part of everything blah 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 And uh, she came to a couple of events, and then she came to, like, a local retreat, and then she was coming to a retreat that was, you know, a couple hours away, like an accommodations retreat, meaning we were sleeping there and eating there and all these other things. And I knew she would have a lot of questions, and I was okay with answering them, but I definitely went out of my way to want to make her feel included. So I, you know, I covered the bills and, you know, all, like, anything I could do to provide an environment for her that she would really love. And, um... I remember the week of the retreat on that Monday or Tuesday, she texted me and said, the retreat started on Wednesday night and she said, hey, FYI, like I'm not going to be in until like Friday. So uh, I'll let you know when I'm on my way. And like, that's a retreat. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just like was so triggered, you know, and I knew because I knew I was resisting the conversation. I was feeling emotional Mm. about it. Mm. I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to shut down and say, you know, like whatever, it's okay, or don't come, or whatever, you know? So instead, I said, okay, this is a moment of a difficult conversation. So what I did is I, I don't remember if I texted or voice noted her, but I just was straight up. I was like, hey, I've, I've, I love you being a part of this, and it's been really awesome getting to know you more, especially in this, uh, in this context. Um, however, I feel disrespected by you not making the effort to fully show up and just think that it's okay to like come midway through in an experience that I've worked my heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears in creating an experience for my students. Like this is my business and I want you to be a part of it. But just to say you're going to like drop in whenever you want, like doesn't, it feels very disrespectful to me. So I just need to tell you that. So you're aware of how I'm feeling instead of allowing that to fester. And like, you know, she's a, she's a bad bitch. So like, she's, 
she will say it how it is and et cetera, et cetera. So like I could have been met with a lot of different things, you know? And like, luckily she called me right away and she was like, oh my God, I never want you to feel that way. Like realistically, I've had just such a tough week and, you know, we've had people staying with us and I just like really needed some time and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we were able to have a conversation and understand both sides, but that wouldn't have happened if I didn't go out on a limb and just be like, this is what's up for me because I could have said nothing and just been like, okay. And then been pissed about it at every family gathering moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it happens across the board in so many different contexts. But again, the better, the more you do it, the better you get at it and you have to move through it. So what makes a conversation difficult? We know like anything that has resistance, but I think the, the meaning we give to it, the emotions we give to it, and then also the fear and the story we create about the outcome of it is what makes it difficult. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's not even the thing. Like, I'm really good at reaching out to my friends and being like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, what do I even say right now? And just hearing their certainty and their knowingness of like, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, here's here's a couple different ways you could frame this and this would like probably land really well. But me getting that external confidence from someone who's not associated or in the situation themselves, they can give me that feedback or that push of like, you've got this, you know, encouragement and things like that. But by myself going into a difficult conversation, I've already created stories and fear and shut down and all of these range of things before I've even had a conversation. Yeah. And I think what makes it difficult, yes, is if we had to give one answer, it would be the emotions that go around what comes up for us when encountering something that we have to overcome. But I also think it's the fact that it's like, you're kind of like your back is up against the wall and a piece of you is being exposed And so, yes, that is emotion that comes up, but it's also like, okay, now you have to be vulnerable and true to, you know, get a solution going out of this. And it's like, we want to avoid exposing ourselves to make ourselves be seen and, and, you know, feel safe. Like, please still love me. Please still accept me. I don't want to talk about this because if we talk about it, then you're not going to like me. You're not going to love me. Right. That's, I mean, that's. Broken down very simply. Yeah, if I show you a part of me that's undesirable or unaligned or, yep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah! Okay, so why? Um, Let's talk about more reasons why. Um, One of them is maybe you're walking on eggshells. You know, you're afraid to rock the boat. I hate that. Piss someone off. I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling, and I, I actually know there's a lot of people in my life, in my, not my direct circle, but, like, I could name several people in my life that, I shift when I'm around them because I feel like, oh God, I don't want to fuck. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, I don't want to be too big in their presence or whatever it is. And it, it makes you play small. It makes you adjust yourself accordingly. And obviously no one wants that feeling, but sometimes we do that and we're afraid to approach something because of that. We're like, I don't want to piss someone off. So I'm just not going to say anything or I'm not going to have a conversation that could actually bridge a gap mm-hmm. in this in this moment right now because we're afraid of what they'll say or how they'll shut down tiptoeing tiptoeing and eggshells to me is kind of on the same tippy toes tiptoe <laughs> you didn't see the movie sing too but they're like tippy toe tippy toe tippy toe it's really so i know you have two little girls <laughs> and with them i have difficult conversations all the time hell yeah man <laughs> red tape you know like Maybe feeling like there are no no topics. Like mm. maybe you know someone feels triggered by a certain thing, mm. you know. And I think, <laughs> of course, of course, this shows up everywhere. But I mean, in my relationship, and I know you've said this too before, where it's um, there's certain subjects that we just know when we bring up, you know, might be we know our partners en- enough to know their triggers and their sensitive subjects. So, like, luckily, I think. Half the time, maybe when you bring up subjects that you know are like maybe red tape subjects, they'll be receptive, but the other half, they'll be shut down. Or are we creating a story that they're just going to react how they reacted in the maybe. past and not giving them credit for growth? Maybe. Maybe we that's gotta true. just got to try. Maybe that's true. Mm. <sighs> and doesn't that apply to all the difficult conversations? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, I also want to talk to you that like around... 
Are we being polite by avoiding a difficult conversation? Or are we setting a boundary by having it? Mm. <laughs> and this goes too with responsibility. Like, yeah. oh, if something's coming up for me, is it my fault? Or if something's coming up for me, is this a conversation I need to have to set a boundary? Not my fault, but like my trigger, my responsibility to look at this and to say, why is this upsetting me? Or is it like, oh, like my boundaries are being crossed and I think this is a moment to improve the relationship. Like, how do you discern the two? Well, I also think it's like, to me, politeness also means Like courtesy, right? Like I, is it my place? Mm. Is it my place to really have this difficult conversation? Um, of course, there's a variety of different, you know, subjects that we could talk about here. But it's like, is it, is it my thing? Like, you know, I, I love that probing question that you always use for yourself that I also have implemented. It's like, what's my part? Mm-hmm. So it's like when I think of politeness versus a boundary, it's like, is this my thing? And or if not, if this is something that needs to be resolved in mutual communication, then in my opinion, you you are setting a boundary or reestablishing what the boundary is because it has been forgotten because now we have a difficult conversation we need to have. And it's interesting because if you think about it, is it a difficult conversation just for me, from my perspective, because of how this is landing, because of what this topic is bringing up for me? Or do we both know, like, is the elephant in the room, like, we both know that this is difficult because something needs to be touched upon, resolved, mitigated, you know, like, which one is it, right? So all of these things that we talk about in, in each episode, it's about perception and about how we decide to navigate the world and to be perceived as well. So in the topic of politeness versus a boundary, I think it's really interesting because I don't know, sometimes you do really have to reestablish that gauge. Is it me or is it us? Or do we need to, do we need to talk about this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is it difficult or am I creating difficulty around it? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Whoa. I'm just, it's a lot of wheels turning up here. (laughs) I can see your face. You're like, (laughs) I'm sweating profusely. Like, Ah. like, because I'm also thinking difficult conversation in the context of different seasons of life too. Like when I was younger, difficult conversations with my parents, you know, of asking them if I could go out or, you know, things like that. Um, And then I think of now too, even with them is, you know, maybe a difficult conversation is, hey, mom, I'm really sorry I have to work on your birthday or something. Knowing that she has a lot of triggers of being, like, left on holidays or not included in things, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, I don't know, I just find that where you're coming from when you have those difficult conversations is so incredibly important. The root in which... Is it love and compassion or is it accusation or is it trying to change someone or is it anger that dictates the entire conversation? Yeah. Yeah. It's when you mentioned your mom and the birthday thing, what I thought about is like when I became a mother, Mother's Day, which is always really close to my birthday, became like Mm. a thing. But then I worked through it then for it not becoming a thing because I'm like, this is my boundary. In reality, we're celebrating my birthday and Mother's Day. Like, that's the weekend. You know, it always goes hand in hand. So my decision is, since I am a mom, and yes, we have my mom and my mother-in-law to honor, respect, and also celebrate with, I either give options, either, like, FYI, this is what I want to do for my birthday, and this is what I want to do for Mother's Day, And you can participate, meaning my family, my husband, my kids, or you can go celebrate with them and please have, make sure she's not offended. Let her know it's my birthday and this is what I'm doing. Right. So, Mm. and the reason why this came up is because 
I think that we have to just be very flexible as our life changes and as things come up. Again, it's like you need to establish what your boundary is and how to communicate that in a love and kind way Mm -hmm. in order to rectify something. Because when you said like, oh, I know my mom has, you know, certain stories around like her birthday and how you're going to show up, it's like it immediately made me think of like how much are we enabling people to stay in their story. Uh. And I actually thought about this because last night my mom brought up some things and I was talking to my husband and I was like, you know, I'm just mad at myself because I'm, I've am i enabled this dynamic to be the person who takes care of things when it comes to like our family. It's like, and I'm like, it's not my responsibility to always have the answer and or to always show up to come save and be like the one that goes to Italy and the one that, you know, is helping her take care of things. Like we're both adults and we have this dynamic and it's my fault that I'm enabling her to think that she can still rely on me to be the one taking care of things, but it's, it's me enabling her and her story. So similarly to what you were saying about your mom, that's what came up to me and for me, and it is a difficult conversation. Yeah. To be able to say, Hey, I know I've been showing up this way for our whole lives or for this whole experience. Now I'm going to show up different and I need you to be okay with that. Fuck. Yeah. Cause you're establishing a new boundary. It's difficult. It's yeah, difficult. It's a difficult conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I love what you said too about enabling people is that like, even if we've been enabling them for many years or many moons, we can always decide to not enable them. And that might be a conversation that is difficult. Or if, that even, if that gap. even if you've been enabling them for five minutes, like I remember a very specific instance that happened at work a week ago that I was like, I, I messaged my boss and I was like, I'm mad at myself because I'm enabling in this situation and I'm therefore not empowering myself. Yeah. And I was really clear on why I was feeling disrespected, but it was my own doing. Yeah. Yeah. What's your part? Hey, there you go. Okay. So (laughs) let's talk steps, very specific steps as to how to have a difficult conversation and the process that goes into it, because I want you guys to have something to walk away with. The first step is to reflect (laughs) where is this urge to talk coming from? Like, what is it that I need right now? Is this a trigger that's inside of me or a boundary that needs to be set? Reflect on the why in the difficult conversation. Why does it need to happen? Number two. Intention. Hmm, That's a good one. What do we want out of the conversation and what are you willing to compromise on and what would be the ultimate solution? And am I seeking to learn more about a situation or person or create alignment? Therefore, what, what's the goal and outcome I'm seeking from having this difficult conversation? Yeah. Intention is everything because I mean, this is like the woo-woo, like, oh, I'm setting my intention for my day and I'm intending for my life to be beautiful. No, it's like literally when you set an intention in your mind of like, what is, what do I want out of this? And the step before that reflect, in my opinion, also means clarity. Yeah. Like before you go into setting the intention and, you know, the goal of the outcome of what you want from the conversation, are you clear on, instead of exploding an emotion, are you clear on? What is actually, what are the facts? Yeah, totally. And then you set the intention of what am I seeking or what, what do I want to create out of having this conversation? Because then you're not having a conversation for the sake of being right, (laughs) being right or nurturing your emotions. Yeah. You're actually creating the intention to have an outcome that is specific and you don't have to be attached to your intention to be exactly as it is. But at least you have a guideline that will allow you to stay on track with the conversation instead of allowing it to get escalated and trigger. Yeah. And become conflict. Conflict, yeah, over creating a solution. Uh, Number three, this is a big one. Mm. Timing. When you approach a difficult conversation, is it the right time? Are you talking to someone who it's the end of their workday and they're totally freaking exhausted or maybe they're in the middle or they're really overwhelmed or... Maybe you're about to leave the house together to go to a family gathering. Like, what is the timing of your difficult conversation? Because 
if you seriously want to create an opportunity to get somewhere, you have to set up the conditions to get there. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I remember uh, we were at dinner and I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not going to awake. And you're like, oh, timing, timing. And then I ended up going, by the way. Yeah, of course. But, but well, we were sitting down with like fucking 15 people in the middle of a conversation. You're like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be showing up for this. I'm like, hello. Like, <laughs> it's too funny because. Well, and that's not the first time you've done that. So I was like, I have to say something right now. <laughs> Just like, by the way, let me just like, drop just this really on you. I really need to get it off my chest. Exactly. Selfish. Selfish. It's selfish. It's selfish. I love you. I love you. You selfish too. bitch. <laughs> I can't right now. What's number four? Oh, validate, take ownership, and take responsibility first. Oof. That's your, I think that's your favorite step, by the way. And I think it is a very, very good tool because when you take ownership, it makes the conversation more comfortable. Well, I think it, like, disarms everyone. Absolutely. Because you're setting the tone of, like, if you're trying to have a difficult conversation because you want someone to show up different, you have to decide how you've created that experience, too. Yeah. And then you take ownership, like, in the conversation. By the way, validate is not, like, this is my part and this is... Okay, cool. Now I'm going to talk to them. It's actually starting the conversation with, hey, do you have a moment to talk? It's now a good time. (laughs) I just want to let you know that the reason for having this conversation, intention, is blah, 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 blah. And I've spent time reflecting, so I'm really clear on this. And I'm hoping that this is what we're going to create together. Here is how I've contributed to this problem being a problem. Here is what I've done to not change the situation. Maybe I didn't have this conversation sooner, so I'm sorry for that. Whatever it is that you need to take ownership for, like, You have a part. You don't have to bullshit this part. There's no way that something has happened that you have not had a part in it getting to where it is. So recognize. Recognize. Number five, uh, set the standard moving forward. So after you've kind of got all the feelings and the this and the that out, um, have a conversation about within that difficult conversation about what is it that you want? What is it that they want? How do you want to feel moving forward? How do you want to grow together? What are the different things that could take place that are specific that would support and nourish that moving forward? So, okay, we've gotten all out on the table. How do we want to proceed? Proceed. And and next time, if this comes up, what is each of our roles in creating a dynamic that is supportive and helpful? You know? I know. Step number six, here we go. The final step. (laughs) Create alignment and togetherness. This is like, let's come to a solution, right? Yes, and I think it's also, uh, so this is actually, to be honest, I think this is kind of more of, I don't want to use this woo-woo word, but I'm going to, hypnotic language pattern, like Mm -hmm. in NLP. Mm -hmm. It's basically like, like they teach you this too when you're, when you're coaching or when you're, you know, when you're closing a deal you talk about how amazing it is that you're working together. You know, it's like, my God, I'm so grateful that you and I have the possibility of doing this together and I can already see you in this space and da 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 da. It's kind of like, I'm emphasizing, I'm so happy that we're on the same page about this and like this conversation felt so good. I'm really grateful that I have the space to be able to talk about this. So thank you for listening. Um, and I'm so grateful that consistently you and I can both put in as much work that will nurture and nourish this relationship, respecting each other's goals. Like you're basically just emphasizing that you're on the same page now. Right. And therefore like the union. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're in this together. We're moving forward together. We're. We've heard each other. Exactly. We both had a part and we both have action items now. Great. Let's go do it. Let's, we're doing it. (laughs) It's happening now. Happening now. It's happening right now. (laughs) No mistakes. (laughs) oh so let's recap reflect intention timing validate uh set the standard moving forward create alignment and togetherness yeah and here's boom your formula your formula but like use it loosely because you know 
we're not always patient enough to do this or something else might work. I mean, like, as we were going through these steps, I'm like, it'd be great if I could implement these steps every single time, you know? But But if we slow down... We can. We could. Yeah. It's there for you. It's in a shared note on this document right now. You can (laughs) reference at any time. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the point of all this is to remind you that, and ourselves... (laughs) The difficult conversations don't have to be difficult. They might be like intense or the frequency might be a little higher than what you're used to. It might not be easy or fun, but it doesn't have to be hard. So using our tools and our bravery and our resources and our friendships and feedback from people we love to encourage us to do this more and more and more, it starts to become something that's natural. Like, hey, I just, I need to bring this up or I need to get this off my chest. And you encounter these conversations every day. And if you, you know, take an audit at what goes on on any singular day, you'll realize that some conversations could be deemed difficult by other people, but to you they're not because your emotion isn't attached to it. So give yourself some grace and also give yourself the possibility to overcome so many different things because... You know, we as humans are so resilient and capable. Yeah. And compassion, you know, compassion for yourself, compassion for others that we're all trying to figure it out. We're all learning and growing. And the more time you spend knowing yourself, the easier this becomes. And everyone's doing the best they can, really. Truth. Truth. Well, I think that concludes our episode on difficult conversations. That wasn't difficult at all. I. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 10. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, I already know for a fact that there is someone in your life that could really use this support system. So make sure that you uh, offer people tools and resources as well as yourself. Like when you're growing, um, it's really helpful to share and, and give people that that nourishment um, and access to all this good stuff. Um, and also just to remind you guys, we have... Um, our mentorship program starting on February 2nd. It's a weekly group coaching program every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, And it's all on Zoom. So wherever you are in the world, you can plug in, you can tap in. Um, You do have to apply because we want to make sure the group feels like uh, all aligned and on the same page um, and that your space is protected so that the people that are signed up for the program uh, know that they're compatible with everyone else there. And there's a series of questions that gives us the ability to dictate that. Um, and then we also, not only do we cover a lot of these interesting conversations but and topics, but we also have guest speakers. So we have other people that are coming in to give us uh, different lenses on all these different things. So wellness, health, mental health especially, spirituality, all that good, good. Um, you can apply on the website, ashleyshubert.com slash mentorship. Otherwise, have the best week and go get those difficult conversations. You got this. You got this. <laughs> Bye. Bye.